and welcome back to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. How's it going, folks? It is episode 64. I'm just going to say right now, thank you for joining us again. I appreciate it. Always coming back and listening. Thank you very much. This is a great episode. We are in the quarantine time of coronavirus. It is Monday, March 23rd. These days are just flying by. I can't believe it's already the end of March. I feel like yesterday was Christmas, there was no viruses, and now all of a sudden we're almost done with the third month of the year, and this virus has swept over the country, the world, and we're all feeling the effects from it, no doubt about that. Before the virus came in effect, I did get some interviews done that we haven't listened to yet, so I'm kind of glad that we have these and take a break from the coronavirus and everything that else is going on and get back to what we know and love, which in this instance is sports. On this very podcast, we have Princeton basketball representatives and senior Brandon Herring and first-year coach Jason Smith. They finished the year 16-15, and 15, but had one of the biggest upsets probably of the whole basketball season, at least from what I know of it, in the Illinois Valley aspect of things. In the regional semifinals, they knocked off the number one seed, Kiwani. Kiwani has been a juggernaut all year. Tons of seniors. Kavon Russell, probably the best player in the area, if not maybe number two or number three. Definitely a top three no matter who you're asking. And in a lot of places, the number one player. Kavon Russell could do it all. He was the MVP of the Kimoni Classic, which is the winter kind of sort of Christmas tournament for Hall High School in Spring Valley. He got the honors of the MVP there. So they had this great player, lots of other players around him that can also play the game, and Princeton knocked them off. At the IVC Regional Class 2A style, Princeton (laughs) defeated them 60-56. Close game, but Kiwani had beat them twice early in the season. Princeton came in, obviously watched some film, obviously had improved as a team throughout the year. And the seven seed took out the one seed. I'm very, very happy for the Tigers that they were able to do that. Nobody thought that Princeton was going to beat Kiwani. And I'm not, no offense to Princeton at all. You know, that's why we play the games to see if there is upsets. But Kiwani had already beat them twice. Kiwani was a juggernaut all year. Nobody thought it was going to happen. Tigers roared into action and got the W. Went to a regional championship game against Fieldcrest and fell 78 to 65. So solid season for Jason Smith in his first year as he's trying to implement a program and things like that. Before we kick into that interview, I do want to give some background here. So last year, Princeton had a coach in Kevin Howard. Howard and Princeton had some issues to say the least and Princeton ended up letting Howard go, not re-signing him, and there was a lot of drama around it. There was a school board meeting that I attended for a local newspaper, and it was thought that the process of the meeting was not right, as they had everybody leave the room. It was in the library at Princeton High School. They had everybody leave the library, and they discussed things, and then had people, whether they were witnesses or people that, not witnesses, but people that just wanted to speak about what was going on here, just one-on-one. Nobody else was in the room. People felt that that was wrong and that everybody should have been able to hear what these people had to say. I know Howard has went to 
legal actions about this. I don't think anything has happened. Maybe a slap on the wrist for Princeton, if anything, but I know they looked into it. Say what you want to about both sides. I have never had any problems with Princeton administration or coaches or anything, and Kevin Howard was always cool with me. So I wrote a story about that meeting and about him getting let go. I had sources from both sides, the administration and Howard, and did it how you're supposed to. Then I wrote a column pretty much from Howard's side. Howard spoke to me, spoke to me for a long time and had a lot of different views of what was going on and accused Princeton of you know, having video cameras in the gym, watching practices, that the administration was trying to choose who the players were and things like that. Princeton let Howard go because he got kicked out of a game for cussing at a referee. He was harder on the players than Princeton felt necessary and things of that nature. So that was the arguments of both sides. So like I said, the column was mainly from Howard's side because he spoke a lot and he had some good points or points of his view that were interesting and people should know. I did talk to a former Princeton coach who is still a teacher at Princeton and another former Princeton coach who was an assistant that had been around the environment as well. So I did do my due diligence as a journalist and had all kinds of points of view. But going into this year, Jason Smith takes over the Princeton job and it was weird to see how it was going to work. Jason Smith being a assistant coach at Burrow Valley, which is a Princeton rival and they're like 15, 20 miles apart. It was like, how is he going to step in? Is it going to be a toxic environment? How is it going to play out? And to go 16 and 15 and to get to a regional championship his first year in, I don't think it went too bad. <laughs> he says in this interview, we talk about it, which was really cool. And I appreciate Jason Smith for, you know, going into the depths and the details of that situation with me. We really don't talk about Kevin Howard much. Just say his name, that he was the guy there before and that could have been toxic with all the things that were going on in the program. If you were in Princeton during this time, before this year's basketball season, that's all that was being talked about when it came to sports, besides the football team making it to the semifinals. That was it though. It was football, and then what's gonna happen with this basketball program, as head coaches have kind of been in and out, and this guy, Kevin Howard, was making a ruckus of the situation. And it's up to you to decide if you should have or if you shouldn't have. But Jason Smith talks about that, talks about the season. And I'm glad that the Tigers you know, saw a little bit of success, especially for the seniors. Brandon Herring being one of them. And there's a few others. Cole Adams, for sure. Great athletes that have been around the Princeton program and deserve to see some wins and, and some success. Definitely on the basketball court. I'm just going to keep the intro at that. The interviews are awesome with Brandon Herring and Jason Smith, and it's good to just talk about sports for at least a little bit since there's <laughs> none going on and there's not a lot of things to talk about. The next show will be, I guess you can call him my boss. Yeah, is he? he's my boss. <laughs> the IBCC women's basketball coach who was kind enough to let me come on as an assistant coach. Hopefully this upcoming season, if we have an upcoming season, I can do a little more than I did this year because of scheduling and stuff like that, it was hard for me to get to places. Anyway, I've already said that on this podcast before. But Josh Nauman joins us and talks about the team, talks about the players, talks about his first year coaching girls, as he's been a predominantly a boys basketball coach for a very long time. So that will be our next show, and I will 
talk some stuff in the intro besides basketball. Been watching some movies, been playing some video games, been listening to tons of music in this quarantine. I've had a week off of work because we've done a week rotation thing now with this quarantine from the coronavirus in place. So I go back to work on Thursday. We'll still have podcasts the whole time, even when I'm working. But I've been doing some other stuff besides podcasting and working at a bank. So we'll talk about that on the next episode. Great interviews. We start with Brandon, then go to Jason. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. Social media-wise, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, Twitter, Edge of Your CP. And of course, you can always email us, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Well, that's it. Until next time, peace. Boys basketball playoffs are in full effect at the moment. And one of the biggest upsets, I, I don't even want to call it a surprise because once you play a team so many times, you know, anything can happen. But Princeton knocking out Kiwani in the regional I am with two Princeton representatives, Brandon Herring, a senior on the team, and first-year coach Jason Smith. Let's start with Brandon. Brandon, how are you today, man? Doing how about you? Doing awesome. I want to jump right into that game, beating Kiwani. It was a big upset, and I was happy for you guys. Yep, it was a big win for the program, uh, especially after two losses earlier in the year. So being able to get them in the semifinals and being able to go play in the championship was a lot of fun. What was it about that game that you guys were able to pull on top, like you said, already losing to them twice? Uh, we executed on offense really well. We scored lots of layups and hit our shots and played pretty good defense. And hit our free throws down the stretch. A couple big free throws by Liam Duffer and Jamie uh, to seal the deal and got us the dub. Did you guys do anything defensively? Because they have three or four seniors that are pretty productive on the offensive end of the court. Uh, we just play good help defense, and we're there to help our guys out. And obviously, you have to keep control. Come on, He's, everybody knows who he is. One of the best players in the area. So this, of course, being your senior season, just talk about you know throughout the season being a senior. It's got to be tough. But awesome at the same time. Like, you know, you're one of the top dogs on the team, senior leader, but then knowing it's your last year to play with this team. What was going on in your head, the roller coaster of emotions throughout the season? Well, beginning of the season, we all had set out our own standards about how we wanted the season to go. And uh, I think most of us said that we wanted to put numbers up on the wall. So me and Cole Adams and some of our other senior leaders pushed ourselves to be better for the team. Help time put a regional, or bring a regional back to Princeton, and the sectional we could play at home, so we knew what we had to do, and basically how we had to do it. And then you go into the regional final against Fieldcrest, somebody you guys sort of kind of familiar with. Did you guys play them in tournaments throughout the season? Yeah, we played them at Hall at the Colony. So going into that game, did you kind of know what you needed to do? Well, we knew that they were going to be pretty good shooters. They shot the ball pretty well against us at Hall. And then we also knew that they were good at defense. They had pretty good coaching staff. We knew what we had to do. When you get into those situations, you know, it's, you know, win or go home. What was kind of like set in the locker room or, you know, at practice before the game to each other, you know, what that game meant to you guys? Well, we all knew it was going to be a big game. We knew that we were going to have a big crowd because, you know, Princeton's always got 
good fans for it. So basically the message that we were just giving was to take a deep breath and uh, kind of take it all in because you don't always get to experience that. And actually that day we had Michael Murray, which if you recall from many years ago, he came in his game-winning layup against Fieldcrest all those years back in the hall. So I thought the boys enjoyed that and just hearing how he did it kind of pushed us to try and do the same thing. Definitely. Was that 2012? It was 2011 or 2012, one of the two. Gotcha, gotcha. Good old Michael Murray bringing up some highlights of his playing days, huh? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Since you mentioned Michael Murray, just talk about how he's been a, a help to the team. I mean, he was a awesome player in the area, did a lot of great things for Princeton, and then to come back and try to give to the team. What has that meant for, you know, guys on the team your age? Well, lots of us grew up watching him and idolizing him, so it was nice to have him back and help us uh, at practice sometimes and just helping us to be better players. And not only having, you know, Michael Murray on the sideline, got Jason Smith, tenured career at Burrow Valley, everybody knew who he was coming to Princeton. What was the initial reaction to him getting the job? And then as the season going on, what he meant to the team? Well, I'm pretty sure that the whole team was really happy to have him. And throughout the year, everybody just started being a love for him and epic respect for him. He pushed us to be the best players we could be and just was an outstanding coach. And Props to our coaching staff. They all did a really nice job this year. Definitely. Talked about, you know, improvements with the team, everybody improving as a player. What were some of, of those improvements that you made as a player? I worked on my defense a little bit more. Last year, I didn't choose the ball very well from the free throw line, so I tried to work on some of that. And this year, coming in, I was told that I was a little the captain, so I, I worked on some of my leadership, and I felt like I did pretty well that that issue. Now that your basketball playing days are over at Princeton, what are some, you know, the fondest memories that you have with your four years of playing for the team? Obviously, the Kiwani upsets can always stick with me. Just being in the bond with all my teammates and always remember the time I shared playing with my little brother. So, Definitely. What's your little brother? Is that Caleb? That's Caleb, yeah. Yeah, Caleb Herring, and he's a, is he a junior? He's a junior. Gotcha. So we still got some more Herring in the Princeton program, huh? Yep. <laughs> awesome. After high school, do you have any uh, plans to try to play sports in college, or what are your plans after high school? Uh, I think I'm just going to pursue my academics. I got a couple schools that I'm looking at right now. These next couple weeks, I'm going to make my decision. Awesome. What do you want to study? I would like to become a physical therapist or a pediatrician. Okay. Uh, I got you. Not, not bad fields to get into. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Well, Brandon, thanks for joining us. If you want to, you can pass me over to Jason. I appreciate your time, man. All right. Thank you. Now I'm with Coach Jason Smith. I kind of mentioned it with Brandon Herring. I mean, you had a tenured career at Burrow Valley as an assistant with Jason Marquez and you took over the one season that he had stepped down to to help with family and you know family needed his support 
So coming into Princeton, everybody knew who you were, knew kind of your style, knew the, the character that you brought to the squad. How did you feel going into the team and, and how things worked out throughout the year? I was excited to come here to a, a basketball-rich program. You know, got to know some of the kids during the summer. Was excited to get into the season. You know, started off a little slow, a lot slower than we wanted to uh, because the football team had such good success uh, going to the semifinals. So when we got to the Jet Steel Tournament, our very first game was our first practice. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. So I'm out there barking out plays and, and coaching them up, and they're not understanding the word I'm saying. So let's start off that way. But, uh, you know, things got better, you know. I think after Christmas, things got a lot better. You know, maybe not the wins and losses that we were hoped for. You know, we tried to get that 21 season. That was one of our goals. Win conference, we came up a little short on both of those. But, you know, we got better as the, as the season went along. Got a chance to play for that regional championship, hanging some numbers that the boys wanted to do. Just fell a little short to field crest. Definitely. Kind of elaborate on that. I mean, you're right. People don't understand when, especially you have a football team, plays really well, you don't get the players till late. I mean, the first game was the first practice. Just kind of elaborate on things you had to do as a coach to kind of, I guess, slow yourself down to try to even out the field for them. Yeah, it was it was all new for me because, you know, new coach, new program, players trying to learn my system. You didn't want to teach so much of it to the non-football the kids because, you know, you didn't want to teach it all over again to the kids that are coming in. So you try to pick the points out that you want to emphasize and have them work on during those two weeks that we were missing the football kids so we could just go function properly. And I thought... You know, I thought those boys, those football kids did a nice job. The Brayton debates, the Noah Hoffmans, Jacob Burns of the world, they did a nice job of uh, practicing hard, learning the system. We came in against Geneseo the first game and only get beat by 15 maybe. So I thought that was a win. But, yeah, we struggled with that at first. Now next year going into it, I have a much better idea of what we want to do as far as how much we want to put in before the football kids come. So, you know, basketball is not a uh, sprint by any means. It's a marathon. So you don't have to rush things like you would think. And when you say your kind of system, I mean, obviously, probably not Princeton's system. You were coaching under Jason for a while, but then you had that year to develop things you wanted to. So what are some keys to your system and that you were trying to do as a coach? I like the up-tempo style of the offense. You get up and down the court trap when we can, in-your-face kind of defense. And I don't think we understood that concept. And we still actually got a little ways to go with that. But, um, you know, that's kind of the, the stuff that I want to implement. But I think it was at the Spring Valley game we talked about it with the boys. We were struggling a little bit, and we went over to Hull, and I said, you know what, I came to realize that building a program doesn't happen in a year. It happens in consecutive years. And But you guys can set a heck of a foundation if you choose to. And that night we came out and we played and we, we beat Hall by 17, I think, or something like that. And that was one of our better games we had played throughout the year. And I think the kids felt relaxed more, felt like we had more of a grasp of what we were trying to do, trying to establish. And going forward, I, I thought we did a much better job of that. So you guys finished 16-15, get to the regional championship. Since I asked Brandon about it, I mean, we got to talk about the Kiwani game. That had to be very, very <laughs> elating for you as a coach. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I felt as if we had a good game plan in place, you know, and then there was rumblings that um, both Carson Sauer and Kazir uh, Johnson, I believe his last name is, wasn't going to be in because Kazir had a ankle injury and Sauer was out with the illness. And I felt like if we could attack the basket without those bigs, that good things would happen. And sure enough, the kids executed a game plan. I thought Jamie Reinhardt did a great job against Poe, held him to about 11 points. And, you know, we knew Kevon was going to get his. You know, I think switching defenses from man to zone helped out there late in the fourth quarter to kind of slow him up a little bit. And, uh, you know, we got the victory. That was a big step in the right direction for this program, that's for sure. Princeton and Kiwani used to have a pretty solid rivalry. Is it still that way now or trying to relive that, I guess? I mean, I feel like it was. I mean, I haven't, uh, you know, being a first-year part of the program, it's kind of different on the, on the rivals that you have. I felt the sense that it was a big rival game. I mean, the kids got up for it. You know, just looking at a couple of the kids' eyes, Wyatt Davis out there trying to show he's a better athlete than Kevon Russell because, you know, that's the rumor going around that Kevon's better than Wyatt. You know Wyatt was going to give him his 120% that game. You know, and then uh, just the determination but from all this, all the kids on the team, you just tell they were just amped up a little bit more than normal whenever we played them, and uh, it showed on the floor, and, and we just got the results. One other thing about that I will say, though, is everybody's talking to me about how they were missing their bigs, but, you know, what people fail to realize is we never had a healthy roster all year, and so, you know, we were playing without a couple of guys ourselves, and uh, we never used that as an excuse throughout the whole season we played with who we had and played to our best of our capabilities so what i'm trying to say is i don't feel sorry for anybody who who had an injury this year because we suffered quite a bit this year yeah and it's basketball and you're on the schedule at that time you bring who you have and i don't think you could be sorry for either or or feel like a team took advantage of anybody and i know exactly what you're saying yeah, exactly. We have and who we're playing against that night and who they bring to the table, and that's all you can do. Definitely. Totally agree with that. So let's talk about the Fieldcrest game. Matt Winkler has had tons of success at Fieldcrest. Storied coach, storied program that he's, I mean, he's been there since the beginning of Fieldcrest, 92-93 season. So going against him and, you know, knowing the kind of program that he had, what was the game plans for the Tigers? Well, I felt like we had a really good game plan. I mean, we had some films on them that we studied and put our heads together, came up with a good game plan, you know, right to having uh, Michael Murray coming in and talking to the boys about his 2011 experience down at Chillicothe, and, uh, or against Fieldcrest, I should say, not at Chillicothe, but against Fieldcrest, where he had the buzzer beater. But, um, you know, we tried to give some, as much information as we could with the kids, but not too much to overload themselves. And I think they got a good grasp of what we were doing. Fieldcrest just came out and hit 7, seven for 12 in the three-point line, you know, in the first quarter. And, you know, we were very fortunate to be down by 10 and a half. We just never could recover from it. We got it down to 7 or 6 a couple of times, and they would hit a big three back. So I thought we played championship-caliber basketball, good enough to win a regional championship. But uh, it wasn't just our night against Fieldcrest. Hats off to them for playing just a little bit better than we did. Even though you didn't win a state championship, got your team improved, got to a regional championship, defeated number one Kiwani, knocked them out of the postseason. I would say overall, not a bad season for a first year at Princeton. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess when you when you evaluate the things, the things that you want to do as a coach, you want to see your team get better from the beginning to the end, and I think we did that. Want to establish the culture that I want to be represented by, you know, for our school. I think we did that. I think overall, maybe not by record-wise it was a success, but it was a success in our coaches' eyes. And I, and I think the kids took away some life lessons out of our season this year. You know, that's what it's about, teaching kids things outside of basketball, not just basketball itself. You know, basketball is a lot like life, and we try to explain that to them sometimes. And, you know, it may not always resonate with them at the time, but maybe they can take some of this stuff away with them when they uh, move on to adult life. I think over the course of the year, the administration, some of the players on our team got a bad rap last year before I took over. They've been nothing but supportive. I had my back the whole season long, all season long. I just appreciate all their support. I appreciate the players' support, and uh, especially a shout-out to my family, my crazy wife, running back and forth between uh, the Bureau Valley games and the Princeton games because my sons play over at BV. Shout-out to her, and thank her for all their support as well. Of course, you were talking about, uh, you know, last year Kevin Howard was there, left on bad terms between Princeton and him, didn't work out well. So you kind of did come into, I don't want to call it a toxic situation, but a, a different situation. We'll go with different. Was it weird at first getting, you know, acclimated and like, hey, this is my team. What happened in the past was the past and move on to, you know, this season and what was important for you? I think it was quite different. I think the kids responded to me really well. I think they were excited to have me a part of their program. Since I was just 20 miles away from here or whatever it is, 15 miles away, they kind of knew who I was, what kind of things I brought to the table, a fun-loving atmosphere that likes to get along with his players, likes to make them love the game of basketball, have fun with the game of basketball, but respect the game of basketball and teach them a little bit about life outside of basketball. I think they were very open and uh, willing to learn those experiences. I think they knew that I would always have their back no matter what. I mean, we might boat head sometimes. You know, we might have to go the discipline route sometimes, but they know that I would always love them. They could call me or talk to me about anything, anytime, and I would always be there for them. So I don't think it was a toxic situation to get into at all. Maybe those from afar saw that it was, but once you got to know the kids and the administration, you could tell that it wasn't toxic at all. Um, they just wanted the what's best for their kids, and that's what I wanted, so it was a great marriage, so to speak. That's a good word to call it, a marriage. I like it. The one other thing I will say is that the alumni here, I had people reach out to me that I'd never even heard of before. They've been nothing but supportive as well, and they've been great. Like, I, I couldn't believe the... Um, not the support for me, but the support for the kids, the support for the program that they have. There's a lot of love for this program, and I guess I didn't realize how big the program was until I, I saw and heard all of that. You know, it's a pretty big fan base. They bring a large crowd in at home, especially on a nightly basis, and, you know, it's, it's great to see that for the support for these kids. Well, with a sentiment like that, I don't know a better way to end this podcast. So, Coach Jason Smith, I want to thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and hopefully we can have you on again sometime in the future. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it.